a holy thing and it's beautiful to witness and the love that our patients get in the quality of care is just incredible. Um, as we say, we bring in the equipment, but God sends the workers. Mm-hmm. So we want God to send the workers that are able to uh, be the hands and feet of Christ as we go out and minister to these families, not only meeting their physical needs, but most importantly, their spiritual and emotional needs as well. Just be in prayer for Haiti uh, as a country and the people who were affected by the earthquake, uh, that they'll have hope and that they'll have hope that uh, they can start to rebuild and see just God's love through our team members as they serve. Welcome to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. And it seems like the news has been changing by the hour. All around the world, people are experiencing unthinkable devastation. From storms destroying communities to man-made disasters leaving families traumatized, I'm truly at a loss for words. It's heartbreaking to watch all of this unfold, but we know that people are in desperate need of hope and healing. While Samaritan's Purse is responding to several projects at one time, today we want to share how we're currently responding to in-the-news headlines. With so many responses happening simultaneously, we wanted to do a quick dive into four of our biggest responses across the globe. Hurricane Ida in Louisiana, COVID-19 outbreaks in Mississippi, earthquakes in Haiti, and the crisis in Afghanistan. I heard updates from our key leaders in the ministry, and they shared what's happening, how Samaritan's Purse is responding, and how we can pray. I'm Luther Harrison, Vice President of North American Ministries here at Samaritan's Purse. So as you know, uh, Louisiana for the last two, three years has been hitting, been hit very hard with storms. And, you know, Samaritan's Purse is still in Lake Charles from the storms of last year, helping families repair their homes. But um, yesterday was the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, which to me was one of the milestones for Samaritan's Purse, how God took us from two disaster relief trailers to four. And uh, he knew Katrina was coming. So now we're equipped with eight disaster relief units and four of our trailers are already on deployments in North Carolina, Tennessee, Michigan, and California. But we have two units that are staged as of yesterday, uh, one in Dallas, Fort Worth area, and the other one's uh, staged yesterday or last evening in Opelika, Alabama, sort of on the outer skirts so that we can be closer. And as they work their way in today, there's a lot of weather, uh, a lot of the roads like Interstate 10 is closed. Mm-hmm. But um, while we're getting our equipment worked toward that area, um, right now, search and rescue is underway. Uh, the power companies will go in to try to restore the power grid since New Orleans is completely in the dark. Uh, their power went out last night. But just talking with Pastor Fred Luter of uh, Franklin Avenue Baptist Church, uh, he was our host uh, during Katrina just calling these uh, former partners that we had. And, you know, they're saying New Orleans did not have a lot of flooding, but a lot of wind damage and tree damage. And then uh, we're also working with other pastors in Houma, H-O-U-M-A, in Laplace, Louisiana, where they uh, had a lot of damage as well. So Samaritan's Purse, uh, this is why we do what we do. And our chaplains are standing by ready to go in with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association to help us. So, uh, Katrina was a five-year, three-month event that uh, we are, were there for long term. Don't know how long this one will last, but we just want the folks uh, in the Louisiana area that have gone through another storm to know 
Samaritan's Purse is here to help. We want to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. And, you know, like Psalm 121.1, where does my help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the makers of heaven and earth. And we want them to know that God is sending his representatives in to serve and to do it all in a loving, Christ-like manner to help them get dried in, trees cut up, tarps on the roofs, and uh, salvage whatever can be salvaged from their homes. Uh, As we say, we bring in the equipment, but God sends the workers. Mm -hmm. So we want God to send the workers that are able to uh, be the hands and feet of Christ as we go out and minister to these families, not only meeting their physical needs, but most importantly, their spiritual and emotional needs as well. And as you mentioned, God brings the workers. How can people get involved? Because I know so many people are tracking the storm. Track the storm. All right, go to SamaritansPurse.org website, and we will have our volunteer banner up, and it shows how you can get involved. So uh, right now, as we're looking for the places that we will be setting up, you can see the other current locations we're serving on. Uh, Floods in Michigan, fires in California, floods in Tennessee and North Carolina. So no shortage of disaster opportunities this year. So again, we need people that have a strong back and are willing to come out and just uh, show the love of Christ in a physical way. I'm Kelly Seitz, and I'm on the disaster assistance response team in Mississippi, and I'm the team lead. The COVID cases in Mississippi uh, are off the charts, and Mississippi is the number one hotspot in the world right now. And so Samaritan's Purse received a call from the governor of Mississippi, and we deployed our advanced assessment team within less than 24 hours, and we arrived here and partnered with the University of Mississippi Medical Center uh, to assess the situation and talk to them about their needs. And we immediately decided that they needed an intensive care unit as well as a step-down unit to provide extra capacity and support. This is my third COVID response. So we're seeing a lot younger patients who are much sicker. Um, The Delta strain is really hitting folks hard. So there's a lot of need for ICU beds in the state of Mississippi. So for us to be able to provide that capacity for them has really provided a great burden release for the hospital here. It's a level one trauma center um, and the number one referral hospital in the state. So for us to be attached, we're, we're set up in the parking garage, which is a first for us. It's actually a wonderful location, uh, but we're right next to the hospital. And to be able to provide the level of support really does Uh, remove that amount of stress for them. Well, our staff always treats deployments uh, as a holy, holy ground, but we're really seeing it here. The patients are coming to us. So we take only the very sickest patients. So we have a step-down unit um, of 27 beds and an ICU of seven beds. So we're taking the very critical patients and they're very, very scared. Uh, They come to us fearful of the progression that they're feeling, um, the worsening of symptoms. Uh, So they come to us off the ambulance already very fearful. So our nursing staff and physicians and paramedics can really minister to them. Uh, We're providing a Samaritan's Purse transport paramedic. So that's the first person that they see when the paramedic goes up to the hospital and brings them down to our hospital. And already in that moment, um, he's already ministering to them and praying for them and providing that comfort and support and helping to explain what the field hospital is like and what he can expect here. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of our staff tag team, and then they admit the patient and really just provide that one-on-one support and care 24 hours a day. And that's really important to these patients. 
we love prayer and we feel the prayer. We've already seen God answer amazing prayer when we needed it. Uh, so just pray uh, for the University of Mississippi Medical Center, first and foremost. They're exhausted. Um, they have a lot of fatigue and a lot of fear, wondering when this is all going to end. Um, so pray for them that they'll have the stamina that they need and the wisdom to take care of the patients. And then for us, as we interact and liaison with them, they're wonderful and we've had a great relationship. So we just want to be a blessing to them. And then to our patients, we take that very seriously and we want to provide physical uh, care as well as emotional and spiritual care so that God will give us many opportunities to do that. Um, we've had tremendous opportunity already. The one that comes to mind is a man was brought to us. He got, had worsening symptoms and was getting worse over at the other hospital and needed to transfer to us for a higher level of care. And our paramedic um, met him and brought him in the ambulance to us. And during that transport, it's only about a five minute drive in the ambulance, but he was crying and upset. And our paramedic, Jeremy, asked the man if he could pray for him. And the man cried and said, my wife begged me and begged me and begged me to wear a mask and get a vaccine and I wouldn't do it. And now I'm sick and I just regret that so much. And he said, I just want a chance. I pray that God will let me live so I can be a better husband and a better father. So Jeremy brought him into our hospital and we took care of him. And a few days later, we were able to discharge him back to the hospital so he could go home. And Jeremy was the same paramedic that took him back. And they cried and Jeremy had a moment with him and he said, you know, thankfully, you know, the medical care is, is the, the help that you need for COVID. But the bigger problem is the sickness and darkness of sin. And Jesus is the, the medicine for that. And the man accepted Christ as his savior in that moment and just was so thankful that God gave him a chance to live. I'm Caitlin Lom, and I serve on the communications team with Samaritan's Purse. So I was in Haiti having the privilege of getting to meet many of the beneficiaries that Samaritan's Purse is serving uh, and just working with our disaster response team there on the ground. Haiti was hit by a devastating 7.2 magnitude earthquake. So millions of people were affected by that. Homes collapsed. Many people were buried under the rubble. Um, so they were devastated. As we would drive the streets, people were just sleeping on the streets under tarps that were just hung um, and living in really poor conditions. Actually, our driver one morning when he came to pick us up said, sorry, I'm late. I was coming earlier and I couldn't drive the streets I normally drive because they're still filled with people who are sleeping on them. So I had to take a different road and had trouble even getting here. So that just kind of shows when we say like they're sleeping on the streets, people are literally sleeping on the streets in Lakai. Samaritan's Purse has a over 60 person disaster response team there in Haiti based in Lakai, and then we're uh, running operations out of there. So we're working in some of the hardest hit areas with shelter distributions, clean water projects, as well as running a 36 bed emergency field hospital. As a result of the earthquake, the local hospital lost many of their operating rooms. So they're used to having about 10 operating rooms for the entire region, and that was reduced down to three. But then you have the increased need of so many people who have broken bones, crush wounds, infections as a result of the earthquake. So you have more need than ever before, yet less local resources. So that's why Samaritan's Purse sent uh, a surgical unit, a full operating theater, along with the emergency field hospital. So each day at the beginning of the day, you'll see 
people lining up for the field hospital to open uh, to begin triaging new patients. So people show up with their injuries, hoping to see a doctor, hoping to see someone who can tell them what's happening, what's wrong, and provide some treatment. So you have a huge waiting room that's just filled with people who will sit there as long as it takes to get treatment. And then we're able to triage them, provide treatment, do admissions if they need that, provide surgery if they need that. So our medical team is working really long hours, working around the clock uh, to meet those needs. Samaritan's Purse sent two community water filtration units to Haiti on the first DC-8 flight that arrived. So those systems can produce enough clean water to serve 10,000 people each day. So both of those systems are now up and running. And it's incredible because as soon as they're functioning and providing clean water, you start to just see people from all over the community. You don't even really know where they're coming from, but bringing jerry cans, starting to fill them up. Um, So clean water became a major need after the earthquake because many of the pipe systems are underground. The earthquake happened. They severed those systems. So now families are relying on hand pumps, maybe trucking from the city, trucking of water. Uh, But having a clean water source that's sustainable, that can serve 10,000 people each day is critical. And one story that in particular stands out to me um, was I met Edlene. She was the daughter of one of our patients. um, And she had two twin girls. They were about two years old, very young. And she told me that her dad, who was now a patient at our field hospital, he saved her children's lives. During the earthquake, their house started to collapse and he shoved the children out of the house, threw them out right as the walls were crumbling down. So he just got the kids out in time and then his uh, foot was crushed by a falling wall right as he was heading out behind them. Um, So really, she credits her dad with saving her children's lives. Um, She told me, As she sat by his bedside day in and day out, she said, I would sit here in the hospital beside his bed for a year if that's what it took for him to get care because he's the reason my kids are still alive. Um, And he said the same thing. He said he would do it a million times over to save his granddaughter's lives. Uh, But they lost everything in the earthquake. Their home collapsed. Um, They are living out on the streets. They don't have any anything left. Um, but they were so thankful to get care at the field hospital and have a way to get treatment. I would pray uh, pray for Haiti, pray for the people who lost everything in the earthquake. You can see just the fear and the unknown in their eyes of how do you even start to rebuild when your entire town is flattened in the earthquake? What do you do next? They weren't living in great conditions before the earthquake, and then now they have nothing left. Um, We're giving them emergency shelter material. We're providing clean water, but long-term, how do you help them start to recover? So just be in prayer for Haiti uh, as a country and the people who were affected by the earthquake, uh, that they'll have hope and that they'll have hope that uh, they can start to rebuild and see just God's love through our team members as they serve. And then for the disaster response specialists on the ground, just pray for their endurance as they work in really challenging conditions um, and work really long hours to provide that hope to share God's love with Haiti. 
Finally, our final headline, as many of you know, the situation in Afghanistan has escalated and Samaritan's Purse has responded to meet immediate needs. We're hoping to bring you an episode in the future with more of the details, but the the response on the ground are constantly changing, and many of our aspects of our response are too sensitive right now to share. But I want you to know that we're seeing God move in extraordinary ways, even amidst these heartbreaking events. Initially, the, the Samaritan's Purse was helping to evacuate families in harm's way in Afghanistan. But recently, an opportunity opened up to take a team and an airlift on our DCA to bring critical relief supplies to an undisclosed location. And we were able to minister and um, help evacuees. On board were hygiene kits, blankets, medical kits, and a disaster assistance response team, including necessary medical specialists like an OBGYN and an ICU nurse and a pediatrician. They were able to provide surge capacity to the local medical system. And when they first landed, they even performed an emergency C-section, saving both the mother and baby. Along with providing medical care and distributing critical items, the team on the ground is continuing to look for opportunities to meet the needs as they arise. You can go back and listen to the episode in the news responding to the crisis in Afghanistan if you want to hear how we first got involved. Thank you for tuning in today. If you've been following along with us for a while now, you'll you'll notice that we haven't done a deep dive as we typically do. But updates and coverage are t- constantly changing by the hour and we're actively responding to how God is prompting. So we wanted to give you timely ways to pray for our teams. As you heard Kelly, Luther, and Caitlin today, we're reminded that there are so many devastating events happening in our world. It can be overwhelming at times. And often we try to muscle through and fix these problems, but we've been reminded as a staff that we can't carry this. It's God's. We need to be faithful, to pray, and to advocate, but it's God who multiplies and does the healing. Just like the fish and the loaves when he fed the 5,000, you know, all we need to provide is the fish and the bread. God does the miracle. And so if you're feeling overrun, overrun and overwhelmed, I want you to be encouraged that we can lean on the Lord in these difficult times. And I'm watching our staff and volunteers do just that. It reminds me of 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. As these headlines are ever-changing, I want to encourage you to go to our website to, to get more involved and to learn more about the projects. And I love what Luther says, we bring the equipment, but God sends the people. Visit SamaritansPurse.org as we continue to respond in Jesus' name. We'd love for you to get involved. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting our ministry. But most of all, thank you for praying. God bless you.